Welcome to Wellness Now, a health and wellness information program brought to you by Valleywise Health and District Medical Group. Each week we go in depth with different healthcare experts on some of your top health questions, getting answers to help you live your best life. Hello and welcome to Wellness Now, presented by Valleywise Health and District Medical Group. I'm your host, Dr. Michael White. Did you know your skin is the largest organ on your body? Skin plays a vital role in regulating your body temperature and protecting you from outside infection and disease. So today, as part of our Healthy Lifestyle Series in May, we have a dermatologist answering your top skin care questions. Dr. Monsi Sarahan is a District Medical Group Dermatologist at Valleywise Health and Chief of the Division of Dermatology. Thank you so much for joining us here this morning. Oh, thank you, Dr. White. You trade a variety of skin conditions. Tell us what your workday is like at Valleywise Health. Yes, indeed, we treat a wide variety of skin diseases, as simple as dry skin, warts, dry skin, eczema, um, and even acne. Um, and in the pandemic specifically, we've been seeing a lot of mask acne, but we also see very complex medical dermatology here, probably more so than most derm practices in the community. And so things like severe drug reactions, blistering diseases, autoimmune diseases, as well as a lot of cutaneous or skin manifestations to a lot of other medical problems like endocrine diseases and even different types of cancers, not just skin cancer, but also cancers that are in the body that are presenting on the skin. It's certainly, you know, as clinicians, you know, when we're taking care of the whole person, it's amazing how many diseases that you can have that can really have that, what we call cutaneous manifestations, yes, right? Exactly. We start to see those reactions that the skin can have yes. as, a, as, as our body's response to their overall underlying disease process. It's basically a window into what we're dealing with. Absolutely, absolutely. What type of issues, you know, since we live in Arizona, and I know you alluded to this just a minute ago, we have such a dry climate here. What are some of those skin conditions that we're more likely to see here in Arizona than we would see if we lived in Portland, for say? So yes, because our humidity levels are so low here, we tend to see more dry skin and as a result, more eczematous dermatitis or more eczema um, type of rashes. Also, because our UV index or our UV radiation here is more than that of Portland, we also see a lot more skin cancers as well as sun damage related skin problems. When you say eczema, kind of tell me what you mean by that eczematic skin reaction. Yeah, so like we were talking about, lower humidity. So our skin is a barrier to the environment. This is how we navigate our world. This is the first thing that sort of meets the environment. And so the moisture, our skin is kind of responsible for the balance of maintaining moisture as well as it's actually technically waterproof. So it protects us from dissolving if we were submerged in water. Um, and so when the humidity levels are low and if we also have a genetic predisposition where we are not able to maintain the moisture of our skin adequately, we can have breakdown of the barrier which essentially then leads to what we call eczema, where we actually have skin almost, almost becoming inflamed, so to speak, where it's actually mounting response because it, it, it's not appropriately um, providing a barrier to the environment. And that leads to um, a lot of itching potentially, um, potentially on the hands and feet, you can actually lead to fissuring um, and, and 
eventually potentially pain and more sensitivity to the environment. So if you were exposed to grass or other part, you know, natural things in the environment, you might be more irritated by them. You know, so here in Arizona, you know, we've just talked about it. You know, it is part of the climate and part of the sun. Are there things that we should do, you know, that really should be able to take care of our skin and take care of our bodies, especially in some of these, I'm going to say, harsh conditions? (laughs) Yes, absolutely. We do live in a hostile environment. The cacti are (laughs) a great example of hostility with their thorns. So, yes, you know, kind of like the cactus has, has evolved to retain the moisture that is the definition of a cactus in the environment that it's it's actually keeping so much of the water that other plants would not be uh, would actually be letting go of similarly we have to do the same in that when we take a shower it is probably best that all of us even if we don't have eczema moisturize our skin after bathing that will also help trap in the moisture um, in our skin and prevent dry skin uh, and eczema so that's one thing from the dry skin perspective Um, The other thing for sun protection is, yes, we are UV indexes here a lot higher than much of the country. And so um, it's really important that we be diligent about our sun protection on a daily basis, especially um, in the warmer months. If you're just tuning in, we're talking about how to keep your skin healthy from the inside out. At ValleyWise Health, our goal is to help you live your healthiest, happiest life. As part of that, we're excited to be opening our new community health centers across Maricopa County to bring exceptional healthcare right to your neighborhood. In fact, we've recently started offering a number of specialty healthcare services at our brand new Valleywise Comprehensive Health Center in Peoria, located near Grand Avenue and Cotton Crossing. You can receive primary care for the whole family, as well as dentistry, sports medicine, obstetrics and gynecology services, and much more. Learn more at valleywisehealth.org. We see a lot in the industry around, you know, a lot of advertisements and things around products to care for our skin around this. What are some surprising things that would people like to learn about that industry uh, around skin care? Yes, the derm industry is huge and the um, actually, you know, beauty and skin industry is probably a billion dollar, one of the largest industries in the on the planet. Um, But probably one of the most surprising things is that you don't need all those products. (laughs) You don't. A lot of it is is marketing and a lot of it uh, is uh, not necessarily relevant to even good skin care. There are products that are very useful, but there's also a lot of things that are not necessary. And so yes, navigating that and knowing what should I be doing with my skincare, and especially when we're bombarded with so much in terms of this is what you should be doing or this is what not what should you be doing, it can be very confusing. So what does a good skincare routine look like to you? You know, I think it does it does vary per individual and it may even vary in terms of your skin color and your ancestry. You know, overall I would say, you know, Less is more, so keeping your skin, can, you know, your skin routine simple is always better than too complex. Um, and then s- overall, sort of the overarching themes of skincare are you want to give enough moisture to your skin to help it be a good barrier to the environment, but not too much, so not too much oily, you know, oil products, for example. Otherwise, you could cause skin conditions such as acne. So it's kind of a balance of enough moisturization, but not too much. And then in addition, sun protection, again, safe sun protection, but again, important to enjoy the sun because we know that sun has some benefits to the skin, but again, a balance. 
just like many things that we talk about <laughs> yes. when we're talking about, you know, <laughs> when you talk with your healthcare provider along that, it truly is a balance. You know, yes. you know, everything that we have has risks. Everything that we have has benefits to do this. You know, we always start to think about, you know, young children of having, you know, very healthy skin and their soft and quote, quote, baby-like skin yes. around that. What's the best age that individuals ought to think about starting a healthy skincare regimen? I think as a parent, immediately starting a, a skincare regimen for your child is, is perfect. It may not necessarily be a true routine or a regimen in that products or anything, but in terms of being aware that, okay, even if an infant uh, at six months of age should not be in direct sunlight, you know, should be covered, things like that. Um, but I think any age is a good age to start. Wonderful. We, we talk a lot about skincare. You know, is, is it more difficult to, you know, educate, especially around gender? And I'm thinking mostly of, of men. Is it harder for them to get to adopt a skincare regimen? And what are some of the strategies and the importance, you know, to, to do so? I would say that as a dermatologist, we see that, you know, the men that come to us are usually already broken the barriers to that. So, you know, sometimes in clinic, we see less of that and it's more gender equal in terms of the approach. But yes, you know, definitely as a society and definitely from media, men, there is kind of a conditioning for men that they sometimes have to overcome mm -hmm. in order to seek skincare or even to even pay attention more to their skin. Um, so I think... Uh, from a dermatologist's perspective, it's just a very candid conversation. Everyone has skin. It's not gender related at all. It's uh, and to sort of encourage that if you have skin, there's certain things you have to do to take care of it. Amen. Amen. Like exercise. You yes. know, we all have yes. a, we all have a yes. regimen. We, we all, all have, have a heart. A, yeah, yes. We all have a regimen. We all have things that we need to do yes. um, around these things. Are there any specific products that you would recommend, you know, around this? So we talk about starting a skincare regimen, and you've talked some about moisturizers. Are there any things that we, you know, cleaning, you know, cleanser type products, moisturizing type products that we should consider or in ingredients that we should look for um, around that as we're looking at the various products? So I'll start with sunscreens. So sunscreens, lots of different ingredients, lots of different products. I personally favor uh, zinc or titanium-based sunscreens. These are the mineral-based sunscreen, and a lot of dermatologists prefer this, as well as people in the environment, so even the EPA would probably agree with this, because those are more safe um, for the environment. So for, there are these reef-safe sunscreens, for example, um, and then there are a lot of controversial studies regarding some of the chemical sunscreens. So I say just bypass that straight up with the mineral sunscreen. The only issue with mineral sunscreens is a lot of people find them pasty, mm -hmm. but there are um, products out there that are either tinted, so if you're dark, more darker skin, that can be helpful. And then they are doing a better job now in terms of actually reducing the size of the particle that allows for more um, elegance when you're applying the uh, the sunscreen. There's tons of different brands, but I would say that, you know, an SPF 30 at least, preferably an Arizona SPF 50 and higher, and then a zinc or titanium, so a mineral-based sunscreen is what I would recommend. How often should we be reapplying our sunscreen as we're outside? Yes. Great question. So if you're just having a regular day where you're, don't, you're not really sweating or you're not in the ocean or water, it's probably okay to just apply it once and then five, six hours later maybe apply again. Um, but technically, if you are sweating or you're in the ocean, then a two-hour reapplication is what's required. Dermatologist Dr. Sarahan is answering your top skincare questions with us today. Are there different products you need for morning and evening as part of this regimen? 
It can be different, and especially because the sun is during the day and then at night you don't have the sun. So we would generally recommend sun-protective products in the day. And then at night, so there are um, products over-the-counter as well as pre prescriptions that are the retinols or the retinoids, which are probably the best topicals for aging. And so if you are looking for an anti-aging or an aging regimen, those are actually deactivated by sunlight. So you don't want to be using those during the day. You only want to be using those at night. How do you feel about exfoliating skin? You know, we lose so much skin, you know, during our the course of the day and, you know, and our lives. You know, the, you know, some in compelling statistics, you know, you know, lose almost nine pounds of skin a year, <laughs> yes. you know, um, around this. <laughs> so lot. how do you feel about, uh, you know, doing the exfoliation? And, and is it something we should be doing? So yes, naturally losing nine pounds. Do we need to be losing more and exfoliating more? Yes. So I think, you know, it, it do, does depend on your lifestyle. So for example, someone in construction work, I would say, who's more with the elements may require a little bit more exfoliation uh, than somebody who has a desk job. Um, but in general, I would say probably the media is overemphasizing exfoliation, partly because there's a... a there's a financial benefit to that. Dermatologists as a whole would say less is more. You don't want, you you know, exfoliating a little bit every so often is fine, but not doing it too much um, as you're, you actually then are impairing the barrier that we were talking about earlier in your skin. Absolutely, you know, and which makes sense, you know, it makes sense. You know, one of the other things that, you know, since the skin is such a large, you know, part, you know, the largest organ in our body, it's probably affected by many things you know, around that. First and foremost is the fuel that we're putting in our bodies, our diets and our lifestyles. How does diet and lifestyle affect our skin? So this has actually been an interesting issue throughout the history of dermatology. And a lot of dermatologists have kind of come and gone in terms of the relationship with diet and skin, um, and yeah, acne being a very a contentious area. Overall, I would say that yes, we're finding evidence that definitely diet affects. And even if we don't talk about the evidence, it's the largest organ in the body, so it and it, it's the same organ connected with the same blood vessels and the same you know system as the heart, the lungs. So it, we are seeing sort of a relationship that yes, similar diet that we would recommend for someone you know with to promote good heart health or good gut health is actually very similar to what would promote good skin health. Are there any things about your lifestyle? So we know you talk a little bit about your job around their, you know, different industries, those that are outside, you know, then probably have a little bit more risk or, or things about differently. Is there things around our sleep or specifically alcohol consumption? Yes. Those things that can affect us um, are around our skin health. Yes, absolutely. So lifestyle definitely affects us. And if, if anything, actually, that's sometimes that you yourself as a as a patient or a person may recognize that, that some days you're like, okay, well, I had a lot of wine yesterday. And now you look at yourself in the morning and you're like, the first thing that's actually going to show is your skin. Um, so actually the skin can be a pretty good barometer if you're you know paying attention to is your lifestyle promoting good health. And you unfortunately cannot look at your liver <laughs> <laughs> or your heart in the mirror, and so you don't know. Um, and so the skin actually can be really helpful in that. And so I agreed, you know, things like alcohol, things like you know, even eating uh, more fatty foods, um, even high carbohydrates. So for example, you know, there is some link to skin tags and carbohydrates and you know, pre-diabetes. So uh, definitely a strong relationship. You talk about these various conditions that we've mentioned, the, the eczema, the skin cancer, and some of those things. 
at what point is it appropriate to have a conversation with a dermatologist around some of these things? Again, a large, most and very important organ in the body around it. At what point should somebody seek out that specialty consultation uh, with a physician such as yourself? So I think the most, you know, most pressing reason to seek a dermatologist is a new growth or skin lesion that you don't know what it is, and especially if you have a family history of skin cancer. That would be the most pressing. Or a skin lesion that's bleeding itching and and growing pretty rapidly i would say that is an urgent uh, reason to see dermatology rashes you know any rash that's not going away that's uh not getting better is in a reason enough to see a dermatologist um and i would really say any skin concerns that you know you would you know discuss with your primary care doctor and if that's something that they don't feel comfortable with the next step would be dermatology you can make a virtual or in-person appointment with a district medical group provider at ValleyWise Health by calling 833-855-9973 Monday through Friday from 7.30 a.m. to 5 p.m. or by visiting valleywisehealth.org and clicking the book appointment button. You know, as we're talking about the skin, you know, are there certain areas of our skin that we should be paying more attention to? Certainly that people will focus on those that are outward appearing to others, right? Yes. You know, uh, some uh, faces and our face and et cetera. You know, but are there other areas that we should be focusing on as part of these skincare regimens? I think, yeah, I, but I have a bias. I'm a dermatologist, <laughs> so I say all skin. <laughs> all of the skin is good to uh, look at all the time. Um, but, you know, tricky areas, I think, that can be difficult that may not come to mind are like uh, areas like the armpits or the back where you may have difficulty just by yourself looking at. So actually paying attention to that. Um, so there are certain ways to actually place mirrors that can help with that, where you can actually see the back of your body. But you can also use photography, actually. And even, you know, the basic iPhone has a timer setting. So you don't even need anyone else. And you can set that up so you can actually take photos um, of the parts that you can't see. And then that way, zoom in and, and, and monitor. The self, we actually have some recommendations for self-skin exam, and it's about every three to four months that you can actually perform that yourself. Um, and photography actually can be an excellent way because it's hard to remember sometimes, especially if you have a lot of skin lesions, What, where is what? You know, what's new, what's not? And so self-photography can actually be a great tool in discovering changes. You know, that leads me to another phenomenal question around this. So, you know, being able to take and record and then send these images to somebody, you know, like yourself that specializes in the skin yes. has to be a boon in being able to interact with patients through these virtual me methodologies or through Absolutely. telehealth. Absolutely. Tell me how that's affected and really helped around your practice, especially in this time where we've had to be so distanced from one another. Yes, absolutely. So being able to take a photo of your skin and then actually potentially send it to a provider actually opens all of these gateways in terms of getting quick care as well as uh, giving you access, so faster access um, and saving time. And so, you know, we've been, you know, working here to sort of improve those kind of avenues so that patients have that opportunity as well as follow up. So, for example, so my chart technically now has the ability to upload photos into the chart. And so even between appointments, patients have the uh, you now have the ability that let's say something has changed from your previous appointment and you're concerned or, you know, something new has erupted very simple to actually upload a photo, send it and, you know, and get uh, an opinion or further care. 
How often can a dermatologist that you yourself just make the diagnosis based on just the image? You know, a lot of things that we do, you know, as clinicians, we're very tactile individuals. Yes. We, want to, we want to see it with our own eyes and, or we want to be able to do some sort of procedure along that. So how often do you have to convert, you know, to being able to do one of those other things? So I think in terms of diagnosis, and, and dermatologists are varying, but we realized more and more during the pandemic how accurate this was. We're probably around 85% maybe even 90 to accuracy of diagnosis just visually um, and that was the foundation of our training because it is a visual specialty but yeah pretty high accuracy uh, in terms of diagnosis especially of photography more so than video photography being excellent then you know from that if there's certain procedures and things and yes and we can't do that over virtual we'd have to do that in person but yes photography can be a great tool a uh, certain uh, companies actually are solely existing on the push forward method or just derm because they've realized that that it can be so easy and so there's actually a lot of startups that have come up just with that concept yeah it, it's amazing to see us accelerate medicine and diagnosis and diagnostics you know in this space we've been truly very creative around this um, and around these areas as you know, you interact with patients and things, what are some of the most common questions that a patient's gonna ask you um, about their skin um, and, and uh, from there? What are some of those things that you you, know, you hear? Well, yeah, most commonly, it was kind of like what we talked about earlier, which is the dry skin and sun protection. Um, those are usually the most common questions, but we, you know, we ha get a reasonable amount of also, how often should I bathe? Um, questions. And that's also interesting because dermatologists themselves have been quite controversial <laughs> in terms of how often, what's what's too much bathing and what's too little bathing. And I think we even did an article with the Arizona Republic about this. But um, And so that's a common question. And I, I would say that, the, yes, there is an optimum of like probably daily bathing seems fine. Mm -hmm. um, more than that, depending on your skin type, if you're very, you know, you dry easily, then probably uh, less. But um, if you don't, then and you're working in exactly in an environment where you're getting a lot of dirt and sweat, then probably more than that is good. You know, as we're kind of coming to the close, what are three things that people can do right now to, you know, improve their skin health and really help them continue to live their healthiest life as we're going as they're going forward? Yes, wow, great question. I think the first thing is skin awareness. So I think checking in with your skin, uh, more so than with the skin of others or what the skin is, what you're being told about the skin, but actually kind of spending time with your skin. I mean, like, okay, what is my skin saying to me? I think that would be the first step because for every individual, it's gonna be a little bit different what your skin needs. Um, and so checking in with your skin, and that can be a time, you know, that can be actually a daily ritual. Um, and I would say that would be the first step before going out shopping. <laughs> and then once you've, you know, checked in with your skin and, and spent some time with it, maybe even for a week or two, then to maybe access, okay, you know, okay, wh what is my skin, what am I seeing from my skin or feeling from my skin? And then, you know, then maybe approaching what kind of, uh, routine you should be having. Are there really anything that we can do, you know, to, 
is there really anything that we are able to do to continue ourselves and, and restore some of the damage that we may have done? So many of us spend too much time in the sun. Many of us spend probably have done too many things around this. Is there really anything that we can do to help correct some of that? Absolutely. So yeah, the skin is actually pretty dynamic. And so, um, Yes, you know, actually the damage is not completely irreversible. So that's the good news. And so we've actually shown that, you know, just by starting sun protection today would actually reverse some of the sun, you know, sun damage that you got earlier. Um, and then even moisturizing um, can actually help with even a lot of skin lines and even the damage um, from chronic dryness or chronic sun exposure. And that may be even noticeable within a week. Dr. Sarahan, thank you so much for your time today. If you missed any part of the show or want to learn more from our medical specialists, visit valleywisehealth.org slash be well. Thank you again. Uh, thank you, Dr. White. We hope you enjoyed listening to Wellness Now, brought to you by Valleywise Health and District Medical Group. If you're looking for more information about what you heard today, visit us online at valleywisehealth.org slash be well. There you'll find blogs, podcasts, and information about the healthcare providers you heard on the show. You can even book an appointment at a Valleywise Community Health Center near you. That's valleywisehealth.org slash be well. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll tune in again soon.